listen. Friendship. Entertainment. Welcome to the brand formerly known as the Cinema 7 Podcast. We are now known as Cinema 7 Network. I am the host, Mario B. Uh, Sometimes we like to switch off and on as hosts, and the other people who like to do that and co-host with me is John Kenoki. What's up? And Chris Hawk. I'm now going by Chris Network. Oh, nice to meet you, Chris Network. Nice to meet you, Mario. It's Mario Network. Oh, I see. Are we brothers? We're brothers. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut, Justice League Snyder Cut. We're going to be talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we're going to be talking about what John has been up to, because John is going to update us on how beautiful he is. And his life, because he's awesome. But what I was referencing to with the network is Xbox Live is changing their name from Xbox Live to Xbox Network. I think that sounds kind of dumb. I mean, I guess it's time for a change. Maybe they're starting a streaming service. That would be the way to go. They're set their brand now. They're not just Xbox Live. They're Xbox Network. All the games that are developing now under Bethesda or Bethesda developing mm-hmm. under Xbox, those games are all going to be digital games now. Download them, stream them, watch. It's going to happen. I mean, Game Pass, Ultimate Game Pass, it's on the computer and on the, the console. So, you know, I guess they are creating a network, like you said. It's, uh, um, what else? I, I mean, Xbox is I feel like an entertainment system anyway. I don't know if you can still do the TV stuff on this one like you did the Xbox One. Is that still available? Does anybody know? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. I don't know either. Right, they, they kind of abandoned that pretty quickly. Uh, I don't think people that are buying consoles need it, is what they found. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could eventually have their own, like... Uh... Samsung has their own like little TV thing. It only only has like a four stations on it. I think like uh, if you have a Samsung TV, it has like uh, the Samsung TV app, and it like uh, it's like certain things, certain shows. Um, what's that one? That's uh, I just know mine is always Urban Jazz. Every time I switch to those channels, <laughs> or is it Home Improvement stuff? Because I've seen those that are cooking. What does that say about you, Chris Hawk? I mean, I'm getting into jazz. I'm not going to lie. Chris Hawk's more jazzy. I can dig it. Or uh, what's the uh, what's that free <laughs> app that, that's got live TV and movies on it? Pluto? Pluto TV, yeah. Yeah, maybe they'll do something like that. Maybe they're going to fully transition into, like Chris Hawk said, a full-on network. Well, if you think about it, they did get a lot of backlash for trying to increase the price. Well, a couple months ago, right? That was Xbox. Yeah, the rebrand, and then they're going to offer something else on top of this is to just capture that higher monthly price they're trying to achieve. I mean, that could make that that you suggesting that makes sense. So I can see that happening as like a oh that didn't do so well, just to raise it. So we got to give them something with it. On Twitter, when they raised the price. People went absolute bonkers. I don't think there was a positive. I mean, of course, there, there was no positive tweet, but the amount of people that dragged Xbox through the mud was crazy. So uh, PlayStation is also closing PlayStation 3 store, PSP and PS Vita stores. And was it the PS4? Or are they keeping that open? I think they're keeping that one open. But uh, if you have a PS Vita or a PSP, and you still have a PS3, those stores will be going bye-bye. Other gaming news. On March 31st, 
Nintendo is removing a bunch of Nintendo games from its online store. And a bunch of people are calling it the death of Mario. That day will be known as the death of Mario. What? Yeah. (laughs) Why are they getting rid of Mario games? They're getting rid of that 35th anniversary game. They're getting rid of the 3D All-Stars from the store because they want it to be like a limited collection thing. And uh, there was a couple others that are dropping from the store as well. And uh, I guess the internet is highly uh, upset about it and showing its disdain, you know, by by calling it the death of Mario that day. I, I mean, I agree. I don't think they should do that. I think they should just leave those games up. I don't understand why, why you got to get rid of them. I mean, I understand the whole collection thing. You know, you want to make games uh, collectible because, you know, you did, you're banking on that as Nintendo and um, you know, with the uh, them having first party games, you know, and hardly any third party games ever, but I don't know. I don't, I don't want to die. Hey, sorry, bud. You can't choose your day of death. All right. (laughs) I can choose my other day, March 10th, which just happened. It's my second birthday. It's kind of weird because Nintendo like never lowers the price of their games either. So it's like, I don't know. It's like they're they're kind of not. I don't know. It's not beneficial to the customer, but people keep buying them anyway. You know, they just do whatever they want. Yeah, they're just the opposite of consumer friendly. Yeah, but it's like who cares? Yeah, it is kind of weird. The uh, I mean, I've gotten an argument with people online. You know, like big Nintendo stains that were like. Uh, I can't believe I just used that terminology, but uh, people uh, defending Nintendo because, you know, I I've never seen them drop prices unless it's like five to ten dollars. And, you know, you see a lot of other games on other systems drop like 30 bucks, sometimes 40 bucks. And even their their sales in their stores are mostly the sales are the third party games. On the eShop. Sometimes it's free, like. If it's not Nintendo, like, you know, they move to free services. Nintendo never does that. Yeah. Have you guys been playing anything besides uh, our Madden franchise? I have not. Uh, I play the same stuff. Been playing uh, Kingdom Hearts, done with three, moving on to that DLC. What's your uh, hot take on it, John? I, you know, it's not as bad as everybody says it is, but it's, it's not great. How's that Kylo Ren boss battle? Uh, honestly, it's it it feels as epic as it needs to be for like the end of like the series, I think. But I got the DLC left, and then I got the rhythm game that came out. And then that actually I'm, looks kind of fun. Yeah, I, I like rhythm games. I'm kind of excited, honestly. And then obviously, I still play classic WoW, so you know that's what I've been doing. I just been playing Destiny Two with Joey Hill, and I said that last week on this episode. Mostly it's uh, mostly it's us doing Joey Hill missions. <laughs> Is that because he needs to catch up or. Me and George were playing with him the one day and uh, he was running around doing things and me and George were he was the fire team leader. So we were waiting for him to do the a mission we needed to do because he already completed the thing that we needed to do. So we were waiting for him because we need to do the next thing. And so me and George were just, you know, killing stuff near the, the flag thing that we needed to be at to start the mission. And Joey was finding stuff. And then once he found his fourth thing, he was like, all right, guys, I got to go. And then, yeah, every time you just hate to see it. Yeah. <laughs> every time he's gotten on, we just kind of do a, a mission he's been doing. I mean, we, we do Gambit and Crucible together. And uh we we try to do those type of bounties and we do strike bounties together. So it's it's not all all that bad, but you know, I think Joey Hill focuses real hard on what he needs to get done, you know, so it's hard to persuade him to do other missions and stuff. Yeah. A game a game I was playing for a little bit, I need to get back into it was control. Which was very fun. It's weird because that game came out of nowhere. And now it's like uh like it came out of nowhere and or the the advertisement and, and the uh, marketing. And then I didn't hear anything about it after that. But apparently it's pretty good. 
the best part is the the story and how slowly it ekes out once you find like you can read um data that's lying around and it sort of ties into this bigger picture but there's still so many questions that are at that you have you that you're asking while you're trying to figure out what's going on who started this how do you beat it um it's a very it's very what's the uh lovecraftian mixed with sci-fi that sounds actually pretty freaking interesting and the powers they really um they really feel powerful like the graphics of the game the destructibility of the environments and the weapons and these telekinetic powers you have they all feel and make you feel powerful obviously uh we all have watched the snyder cut but is there anything else you guys have been watching before we get into that uh the only thing i've been watching is i've gone back and i am attempting to rewatch all of attack on titan did you finish uh what season did you last watch on the anime because i know you you finished the manga i did not finish it entirely i I read up to where it was when i quit a long time ago Mm -hmm. um and i think that was the equivalent of midway through season three and okay i never went and read back so now i'm just watching and like reliving it all to try to catch up to what i was What, what season you on right now uh still one I'm in the like because season one is 20 like double the episodes so I'm in like the really long yeah. like trust slog right now they they do spoil the manga on Twitter a lot that I've seen uh, yeah they spoiled the season four the, as soon as the first episode came out <laughs> that that's one of the reasons why I'm getting off Twitter is everybody just spoils stuff but uh, when let me know when you get to when you finish season three. I I, I want to see what you think because season three season three was my favorite. I I've been watching uh, Crystal Fantasy. I mentioned it to you guys earlier. I think the guys who do Auntie Donna are involved in that. It's just it's really weird. Have you guys watched Auntie Donna yet? I have not. Only that um, everything's a drum, and then <laughs> one other video from them. I think. You should look up their video uh, explaining board games. You guys could kick out of that. But that it's it's like a it's picture I would say heavy metal, but as a animated cartoon, and it's just hilarious instead of fantasy weird. If that makes any sense, you know I say does that make any sense a lot after a lot of things I say. You honestly do. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> anyway, let's let's uh let's talk about you know the one thing we're all here and that's the Snyder cut Justice League reda redude the, the main event. Uh there was really only five things that I really enjoyed out of this. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot better than the other Justice League and I've expressed that to you guys. Uh, there was a, I guess, a lot of handful of things that I, I, more than a handful of things I enjoyed, but there are five things that out of this that really, I guess I, um, I actually really loved, you know, I, I, so there's a lot of things I enjoyed, which we'll talk about, but there's the, the five things that I'll mention that I, that the five things that I will mention that I really loved, uh, I can't sentence today. Uh, what, what did you guys, uh, John, you watched it first before all of us, you watched it at work. So I don't know how that was. What, what did you think of this? What was your big takeaways? Uh, honestly, the pacing was the first thing I noticed and it just felt way better paced than the, uh, rushed nonsense we got. Um, I think, I think that was the biggest thing. It just felt a lot slower, at least in the beginning until you get to like all the main action that they cut to. I just, it felt honestly like a better paced movie, even though it spent like way too many hours doing anything. Yeah, it did. It did feel like they spent way too long on certain, like they, they, uh, he got stuck on certain things and wanting to, to do certain things that he got stuck on instead of just expanding on the, the plot more. 
if that I, I got you, Mario. They spent Zack Snyder spent a lot of time on Steppenwolf's redemption. Like every scene with Steppenwolf, it's like, I I will make father proud. All that shit. Like five or six scenes where one or two scenes would have been enough. I think he was just trying to establish the villain in the in the movie, which I understand. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things he he. Uh, I guess it's just the tease for dark side is what he's trying to do there, but he does hold on to that for too many times in the movie. I mean, there was, um, so I'll just go over the five things that I, that I liked so far or that I, that I loved. I love this Alfred. How did you guys feel about this Alfred? That when we get a lot of him. Yeah, it's really good. It's nice. The, the interplay between him and Batfleck is very good. I think snarky Alfred is really great. It really Batman's supposed to be the best of the best. And when you have Alfred like picking them, picking on them and cutting them down to size, but also in a loving way, that's just that stuff gets me all the time. I, I absolutely love Jeremy Irons as Alfred. I think in uh, Batman v Superman and especially the uh, weed in Justice League, they cut out a lot of stuff for him, so you didn't really get a chance to see his full potential as Alfred. And and I think with the Snyder cut, you definitely get a more beautiful, beautiful played out Alfred. Like the tea scene with Wonder Woman, amazing. Yeah, it was really good. Honestly, um, I just yeah it. It, and that was one of the things, you know, with the pacing that I was trying to, you know, talk about too, is there was more room for characters to actually give have meaning, I think. Uh, and especially those, like, not key Justice League characters. Minus, you know, Aquaman. We didn't need all that, but I think, Mario, you'll touch on that. I do feel that Wonder Woman kind of got the shaft. Well, I understand because her movie was the Wonder Woman come before or after Justice League? Before. It was earlier in the year. I think she, even though great actress, you know, I, lo- I love the Wonder Woman character. I feel like she was the, I guess, the lowest part of this movie. She didn't have, honestly, she didn't have a lot to do. She didn't interact with any of the Amazons. And her scenes really just, nothing really stood out for me about the Wonder Woman in this movie. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's an effect, though, of already having the movies that we have with Wonder Woman. So it's like when you go back to that time frame, it's not anything spectacular. I did really like the uh, Amazonian stuff. And I did like the, um, the temple scene where she goes into the temple where they shot the arrow and she looks up the, the history of what happened and she sees the thing of dark side. I really like that. I think I, th- I, do like how she was kind of more warrior-esque or she had like a more warrior attitude in in the first half. I I felt like she suffered in the second half. But I think the first half she did she was pretty uh important. I mean, I can kind of agree. You know, kind of playing detective trying to get Cyborg onto the team. Um it would have it would have been really cool if she was the one to get Aquaman because they're people's kind of don't like each other but how it worked out you know aquaman coming to save the day you know that was pretty cool i uh i think anything with or about cyborg in this movie i absolutely loved i thought it was i cyborg to me is the best part of both justice league movies and this movie like john said with the pacing which uh you know in this movie allows you to have more cyborg backstory and uh more um understanding of the character i think uh was what cyborg needed honestly i feel like cyborg's the main character i don't feel that way in the original justice league yeah in the original one it almost seems like batman's the uh main character and this one it does seem like cyborg is the main character i have to agree yeah and i i think that was a a big deal. That was something he talked about is how the studio cut out basically everything he had cyborg anyway. And they didn't want like an African-American superhero in the forefront is what he said. Now, and that would make sense why they shifted it to Batman. But 
honestly, like I like this better. I, I like the cyborg character, and I don't actually really like cyborg, but I did in this movie. Yeah, I think you definitely relate more to cyborg, the best out of all the Justice League characters, because he still has that humanity to him. You know, he's he's trying to reconnect with his father while also trying to handle his past of what happened to him. And he's, he's do he does great. He, he does carry this movie. I think him and flash were my favorite parts of the movie. I think Ray Fisher was just a standout and they should have never cut his parts because he has some of the, he just has some great lines, you know, the heart of the justice league. You could say that he is the flash, you know, I, they kept on saying that the Justice League was going to be dark, gray, not a lot of humor. But honestly, the Flash had some of the funniest parts of the movie. I agree. I think those two characters were the best. I think that Ray Fisher actually had the best acting in the movie. I think, uh, well, his line delivery, I should say, was some of the best or better in the movie. Uh, speaking of the Flash, I think the job interview and saving Iris West part was uh, phenomenal. And I need more of that, hopefully, in the Flash movie. Like that hot dog part? Did you like that hot dog part? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> that whole part was... I like that whole part. I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was awesome. Honestly, like that, and then when he was talking to his dad and setting up for the Flash movie, because that's what it's about. Like, that's great. We, we have no setup for the Flash movie as is with the justice league we got like side note on a sidebar i've heard that they're done with the dc eu and they're gonna start from scratch now did you guys hear about that i hadn't actually seen that is that confirmed i think justice i know that was like the end of their little universe well the flash movie is still slated to come out they just hired uh the actress to play an actress to play uh, Barry's mom in the movie, the Flash's mom. Uh, the dad won't return, supposedly. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. I think he was on board with Snyder. So I think now that Snyder's not around, he's probably not going to try to sign on for the Flash movie, which sucks. At least that's. I mean, I don't know if that's true. That's, I mean, it's true that he's not going to be in the movie. They reported that, but I don't know about the part about why he's not going to be in it. That's just my, my, uh, you know, accusation. Apparently, they're turning it the DCEU into two separate universes. Well, I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's that's one of the stronger points of the DC Comics is uh, their new their fifty two universes and their multiverse. You know, I mean, before uh, Marvel, more recently, I th- I feel like Marvel really only had what uh, the regular and then Ultimate Universe. Yeah, essentially. Uh, I mean, I guess they both kind of had multiverses, but like the very expansive, like vastly different characters, I think is D- DC is like first did it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you're right, John. Um, they did cr- the whole crisis yeah. uh, books. They were way before Marvel started doing um, Ultimate, and then like the six one six and the sixteen ten universe and all that jazz. Yeah, DC has been doing stuff like that long before. I also did like the uh, Batman's kind of uh, journey to get to Aquaman it kind of felt like a like a hero's journey like a mythological or a mythical quest I should say to find this god or this uh you know this this being and they kind of treated it as such too like he was kind of a god with the long uh drawn out singing uh in the village there which to me was a little weird because it's like he might have had sex with that woman and she was sad that he was leaving. But, I mean, it also could just be they're sad that their god is leaving type of thing. The only thing that bothered me about the beginning, though, 
was they kind of did that prologue and then jumped to that Batman thing. So there was no like uh, explanation of a time frame of how quick, you know, all, all these things happened. Like Superman died, his voice carries all the way to wherever. And then Batman's, you know, in the uh, Arctic or wherever the hell he's at. Alaska. I don't know. He's in Scandinavia. Oh, okay. I'm just guessing. It's like a Swedish or Norwegian or some type of. I think when you read when you see it on subtitles, they tell you what kind of language they're speaking in, like Icelandic or something like that. I don't actually know, to be honest. I'm not going to speculate, but I know what you're talking about. I think some of the music was uh, some of the music scenes with Aquaman were just. Why did Aquaman get all the music scenes? It was like they always, much. yeah, they played music every time Aquaman did anything in slow mo. It was really too much in the beginning. Like it was like okay, and it, it there were long scenes too. It wasn't just like a, a snip. It was like basically the whole song. Yeah, I mean, if they would have cut out the Icelandic song and then maybe did the music part where he was, you know, they showed how troubled he was. I guess, uh, maybe that would have been okay. But then I think with or cut out the part where he was troubled with the song and just keep the Icelandic song type deal. It seems like they spent like $70 million on just orchestra, just prolonging this music. <laughs> it was. And, and John brought this up to us in our group chat uh, that the music did seem very distracting or was it just me and him? I don't know, but it, it was very distracting at some parts. Like it was overly, uh, aggressive over some scenes that it didn't feel didn't fit right a score yeah i agree with i agreed with both of you guys i felt like the music was too on too on the nose usually like a, a really good scene you like the music and the scenes will kind of blend together where they work in tandem for the scene and the emotion you get from it is good where i'm kind of noticing the music first over the scene and it's kind of overpowering the scene itself yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a perfect way to put it. And just the volume was too loud anyway. So it took over the scene, though, definitely. I mean, I did like the rock music when they were all gearing up. The only corny part was that Cyborg had a blue gun and a red gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. I can dig this. And then Cyborg's like, gun. And I'm like, yeah. And then he kills another gun. It's a different color. And I'm like, yeah. I don't understand the difference. How do you, how do you feel about Martian Manhunter's inclusion? Uh, the part with low. So you guys know I love Martian Manhunter. He's one of my, he's one of my tippy top favorites. But the part with Lois Lane was kind of dumb. But I did like the part at the end with, with, uh, Batfleck with Ben Affleck. Ben Ben's waking up. He goes, "Hey, you want to join the Justice League?" Yeah. You like that part? I don't know. I, well, he, he I didn't really part, say that. I know, but kinda... I felt the part. I felt it was a very, very awkward part of the I mean, ep- it, epilogue. I think it was awkward because of Ben Affleck. Like he kind of made it awkward. I feel like it could have been. It could have been better. It was. It did seem kind of you know, like random, but I liked that dude's lines or, or his, the Martian Manhunter's lines. And I liked the interaction. Maybe it could have been placed somewhere different and not so random, but I, I, I feel like Ben Affleck, he was, and this is one of my pet peeves of the movie is he's too hopeful. And like, he has all this faith and, things are going to go so right type of thing without the Batman uh, backup plan for everything. Like Chris Hawk was saying, like usually Batman kind of hides all that, you know, that he uh, he's got something up his sleeve. He, he's not my Batman. <laughs> oh, John, what'd you think? I, I mean, I liked, I liked seeing Martian Manhunter movie. I, I liked that his lines and I liked the way he looked and I liked the interaction. I just wish Ben Affleck Batman in that interaction was more charismatic or, you know, was more Batman-y, I guess I should say. It wasn't his character at the movie was just too hopeful. And then, but there was moments where 
they weren't hopeful. So it kind of like didn't mesh in certain areas. I don't know. Did you guys, John, did you feel that way at all? Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Um, what I, I think what they tried to do is have Batman get stuck on this Superman thing. Like he's got to be, they got to have that Superman attitude. And that's like all he has. Uh, building off of Batman v Superman, obviously, and it's like it kind of it kind of ruins the character because that's not Batman. Yeah, and then Superman came into the picture and didn't even have that attitude. Yeah, exactly. That is one of my favorite parts of um, Weed and Justice League is that beginning like uh, home video of the recording of Superman. Like, even if the CGI is bad, and you can definitely tell it, <laughs> his mustache. But that I think that's like the epitome of what superman's all about you know that that little home recording is probably one of my favorite parts of the whedon cut it's it's just really cool and yeah the 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 two things i really liked from whedon's version uh was his superman because even when his superman comes in i think he he has uh he's more superman he he's more uh positive he's more um uh, you know, he, he, he has a really cool, I felt like a, a really cool line that felt more like Superman when he first comes in and punches, punches Steppenwolf. And then in this version, he just, I don't know, there wasn't anything there. He just came in and started beating his ass. He's just like, I'm going to beat you down kind of thing. This is American badass Superman now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. American badass Superman. They should have played Limp Biscuit when he came into the scene. <laughs> you imagine <laughs> I, I, yeah the Mario cut <laughs> anyway I, I like we did Superman and the Flash Superman race at the end of the movie is uh, something I think we should all have just because it echoes the animated series and, and some of the stuff in the comics I gotta tell you just now, if I was to rate this movie, I would say it was entertaining because it kept my kids. Uh, they were engaged for four hours, so it's entertaining. And I think that what more could you want from the Snyder Cut? John, what would you give it? I, I see an average of eight point five online, mostly of like uh, some of the big bigger sites. I think an eight is good. I don't remember what I rated Justice League. I'd like to know what it was to be able to like increase that. Um, I was probably very lenient because that's all we had. But I, I remember nobody liked it. So I remember we were all kind of more positive on it. Like we we kind of we kind of liked it, but wish it was better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still wish that this was you know better. Like I felt like it is this. This was better than the other one we got, but I still feel like this one had a lot of potential to be even better. If you guys understand where I'm coming from, like, which, you know, it's ridiculous that WB saw this cut and we're like, oh, no, you, you, you got to dial this down to two hours where two hours and 40 minutes of this cut would have been just fine. Like the, the, the monstrosity of everything, this falls sorely on WB's shoulders because they messed up. They could have had an actual good movie from the start. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I still think that Snyder has, uh, an issue with like editing and putting scenes in certain places for his, for his storytelling. Cause I, I, I feel like the Amazonian stuff and the wonder woman temple scene should have been in the beginning and then everything else could have been afterwards just to set up dark side better in the beginning of the movie or Stephen Wolf and dark side in the beginning of the movie. At least that's my opinion. That's the Mario cut. Probably be a limp biscuit scene, a song in there too, in the beginning. It's just one of those days. (laughs) Honestly, that'd be pretty good. Hard, hard sleep. Hard R just sleep. Limp biscuit uncensored. <laughs> just like um the uh NC seventeen rated uh Dr. Doodle. I don't know about that. Did you hear about that though? No. Yeah, apparently 
there's enough footage of uh, cut Dr. Doolittle. Not Dr. Doolittle. I'm sorry. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I did hear about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mixed up the two. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? All the, the animals. Chris Hawk cut of uh, all the Dr. animals Doolittle? cussing. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, the NC-17 Mrs. Doubtfire cut. I think it would rival it. Also, uh, talking about superheroes, uh, Disney Plus also premiered its new Marvel show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, this past Friday. And it's already the highest watched premiere for a show on a streaming platform. Uh, John has not watched it. So it's going to be me and Chris Hawk talking about this. Chris Hawk, what did what are your initial takeaways from that episode? I got to say, I'm kind of kind of love it. I do like the directions they're going with both Sam and the Winter Soldier, Bucky. Um, I do like how Bucky's trying to atone for his sins of the of his past, and how Sam the troubles he's going through. And how the government is still screwing him over. And oh man, I was just it's very pointed what they're doing. And how about I like, it? I like the direction they're going in. Cause I, I think everyone thought, like, oh yeah, Sam's gonna take up the mantle. Boom, he's Captain America. We're gonna see him do Captain America stuff. But they didn't go that route. And I think that's I think it might be a lot more interesting to have him like I, I think personally, I think Sam deserves the mantle but i guess he's trying he's got to prove to himself that he deserves it and he he earns it in his own eyes i think that's what they're going to do and i think that plays a better story than just having the mantle and doing captain america things having to having yeah yeah they're uh I like I like what they're doing. It's very relatable, especially, you know, like you said, them not paying uh, the Avengers or anything like he goes to the bank and he, you know, he doesn't he barely has any money or his credit's bad or whatever it is. He can't get a loan. And, you know, he's like, well, you, sure. Tony Stark was giving you guys money or sure. The, the you know, people got to be paying you guys uh, you know, money. And he's like, you yeah, know, it's it's more about the service. You know, it's more about the. uh the uh you know doing the deeds versus you know the money it we take you know we take what we can get type of thing and uh i really like that they they showed that because it kind of gives you a little more backstory about the he, the heroes in that universe you know are they do they have all this money you know what do they got it's really only they've really just been living off tony stark's stuff I believe all the writers for this show are are uh, minorities, so you could definitely tell who's telling the story, and they're, they're, it's mostly Sam's story. But you could you can just see what they're trying to tell the audience. Like this is what this is how life is for us. This is how we have to deal with everything. Even as a superhero, we still get turned down by the government. Can't get help yeah. from banks. I mean, him talking to uh, War Machine, talking to the Rhodey about, um, you know, uh, the the stuff in the museum for Captain America was pretty, pretty good stuff, I thought. I believe they ad-libbed that entire uh, part. And I think that might be their first interaction together or like uh, just solo, just them two. Yeah. And it I makes sense. It's the best. It's one of the best scenes of the, of the, of this first episode. Oh yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense too with what he said. And like you were talking about with the, the writers and what they're trying to portray. Cause he says, you know, we need America for, for today. We need a hero for today, you know, and, and, or a hero that represents uh, America today. And I think at the end that, that uh that shows you know that we're still you know not uh trying to give people the hero that they need today you know we're we're just oh we'll just take these old ideals and and uh just 
this is what we need. You know, we need a we need a Captain America. That's what we need. We need another Captain America. And we, we need, need him we to need be white. Yeah, we need a white Captain America who looks like the old guy from up and we'll put him in the mask. <laughs> that chin, my goodness. Oh, I don't think I will. <laughs> I got that's one of my favorite memes. The, it, it's um I do like I do like what they're doing. I, I I as a big Captain America fan loved the first episode. I, I uh, Falcon is very relatable. Um, as in Cyborg was real relatable in Justice League. Uh, you know, uh, Bucky uh, going to therapy and and just there's something for everybody in this in this episode. You know, I think there's something for everybody to relate to, and I think that they did a good job with that. And especially, you know, uh, Sam feeling like crap because he's like, you know, I, I thought I did something good. I gave this museum Captain America's shield. You know, I presented it over to the government. Um, you know, I, he gave it to me, but I, I want his legacy to be preserved, you know, for, for him being Captain America. And I, I, I don't know if I can be that Captain America because society's not ready for that. And then, you know, at the end, they they gave they bring in what's his face as the new Captain America. And he's sitting there like, you know what? That's not what we need. But now I also feel like crap because he gave that to me. And now that dude has it. I think that's relatable. It's a bunch of Bush League. That's what I'm feeling for Sam. Bunch of Bush League. But, you know, he he kind of, he, he feels bad. And, and I don't know what happened to old cap, but maybe he'll make an appearance. Uh, Chris Evans, old cap will make an appearance and be like, Hey, you're just doing the best you can, man. It's all good. What do you mean? He's Joe Biden now. He's (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) How do you feel about the action Mario? I thought it was top notch movie quality. action. I like, I liked what you, we, we I liked what we saw. I, I don't think we needed a whole bunch and we didn't really get a whole lot, but that's good because they're telling these people they're I liked it. Captain America fan over here, I liked everything they did. Bucky playing battleship, I liked it. I like how he totally ghosted that girl during that date. Totally Oh my god, he ran out of the room. Totally Bucky thing. I do like how they're they're going deep into his character, how he's trying to redeem himself and also Living can't with, say it. Uh, can't say it or do say it. What? I was gonna. I thought you were about to say that Mark Hamill looking face that should have been Luke Skywalker in the last episode of Mandalorian. Oh yeah, you're totally right. Instead of the face, the FaceTime app, whatever the yeah, uh, that's the Snapchat face swap, app. Snapchat app. But how he's living under how his landlord is the father of a man he killed, which is just whom murky stuff, and I want to know how they're gonna if they even deal with that, because that stuff is hard to deal with. And I hope, I hope they stick that landing. Yeah. I, I'm excited for what's to come. I, I can't wait for next week or this Friday. I should say I'm totally, totally. I don't know. It, so far the, the uh, quality too, seems a lot better than the last few episodes of WandaVision, like the, the film quality or the, the way it looked. That's because it wasn't filmed by Agatha. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. But I mean, it also could be because they're more in they're in more real environments. I guess. I mean, they're in a neighborhood, but I think there was a lot of CGI in WandaVision, where in Falcon and Winter Soldier, there's more landscape. They're they're and then the, the practical stuff. You know, they're in close quarters or more practical areas so it seems though mcu has surprised us with how much it's cgi and all that jazz behind the scenes is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about or mention i just want to say that i haven't seen it but it honestly sounds like something i'm going to enjoy based on what you guys are saying like it sounds like it's going to be down to earth enough to be what I want from these Marvel shows. And uh, 
thus far. I've the Marvel shows have been good. Uh, you know, WandaVision kind of tra- tapered off at the end there, but I'm excited for where this one goes. I think you'll like you'll really like the explanation of them not getting paid, really, because, just because it gives that much more to the world building of the MCU. And then, um, you know, it also gives more to where Sam, where Sam's at or, or what happens to people. You know, they've been gone for five years. People come back and they can't get loans. It's kind of real world esque where, you know, the banks and shit would actually screw people over like that. I feel like. Sam's sister is pretty great. Also, she's. Oh, yeah. I, she's wonderful. She is. She's kind of the the voice of reason, I feel like, for Sam. But she's also. um uh, it's a driving force for Sam, and I, I really like her character. The the only thing I, I probably disliked was that guy that Sam works with in the military, and that whole oh, thing. Spoiler: um, He takes over the Falcon mantle in the comics. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That that part kind of. I mean, I get it. I I understand what, what what they're doing. They're setting everything. They're setting up the villain and stuff. But it, it just uh, I liked I liked seeing more of Sam and Bucky dealing with their things versus you know that. I guess it it just didn't really it it what they set up. I didn't really care for. I guess. But I'm gonna watch because I like the Sam and Bucky stuff. I just can't wait till they get together. That's my favorite stuff. They're so good. Their chemistry together is phenomenal. Well, we're still trying to keep it short and sweet. I think we ran a little here on this episode. But, you know, John gave, uh, I mean, we're not really doing our takes or reviews, but, you know, I hope you guys enjoy conversation. Some of the things we mentioned, uh, John said he would give it an 8 out of 10. Chris Hawk said it was entertaining, enjoyable, uh, kept his, uh, young children entertained for four hours. And, you know, I, I thought it was better than the original uh, justice league. And though I was hoping it, it had more, I, I wish it was more because I think the justice league deserve better. Still. I still think super friends and justice league deserve a better movie or I'd a agree. better setup. I agree. Uh, but other than that, um, next week we are doing another hero superhero draft. Now, last year or the year before last, I believe maybe it was last year, beginning of last year or the end of 2019, we did a superhero draft, which you can go back into our arc and listen to, uh, we draft our own. So it was intended that we, if we each had our own comic book pub line and these heroes were free agents the super free agents we would go we would draft them and we would then pitch our own superhero comic books with these characters and and with the villains because we drafted villains as well and you can go back and listen to that uh some of our first round picks are uh, pretty good Uh, i think mine was very uh um my first round pick was uh the falcon captain america but this time next week we are doing uh our own football teams uh it's john versus chris hawk chris hawk will be drafting marvel only marvel heroes and villains and john will be drafting only dc hero and villains so it's going to be uh dc versus marvel football team um they don't know what each other are picking. They're going to pick an owner of this football team. They're going to pick a head coach, an offensive coordinator, and a defensive coordinator. I think it's going to be very interesting because they're going to have to pick by position, and there's going to be 11 rounds. There's going to be two parts to this. Uh, the first part is going to be John picking offense and Chris Hawk picking defense. And then the second part will be Chris Hawk picking offense and John picking defense. So it'll be a two-week thing. I think it'd be interesting and it'd be, uh, you know, a different in our superhero draft than what we did last time. I got to say, though, Chris Hawk, I'm excited. Uh, I think your team is going to crush mine. I doubt it. 
DC just has too many good players. There is a list of heroes that they cannot draft due to their power levels. Um, but heroes and villains, they can't draft because of their power levels, but they can draft villains. Uh, I think I put a restriction on only villains on defense, but I think I'm going to lift that because, you know, there's there's been players in the in the NFL that have had, you know, big egos on offense as well. So why not have villains on offense? We'll have all the rules explained next week. Uh, everything will be all everything will be uh, mapped out and uh, it should be super fun. If you guys are sports fans, if you guys are superhero fans, you know, I, I think that'd be be something for you guys to check out because uh, John and Chris Hawk are going to are going to go at it with two different uh, sport ideals, I guess, or and superhero ideals. So it's going to be fun. But uh, we're Cinema 7. You can look us up on the on, on the interwebs, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we spell seven or the with the number seven as the S and an E V E N. Uh, Cinema Seven underscore Pod is uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook. You know I, I share stuff on Facebook. Chris Hawk's been kind of doing the stuff Twitter, and then Instagram. I'll post uh, random stuff on there as well. Uh, you can email us at Cinema Seven Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I have to look at the email since the last episode because I've mentioned, you know, giving us feedback and, and investing things to us through the email. Uh, if you guys suggest anything, you know, to, uh, for us to watch or, or play video game wise, you know, I'm down. I think John and Chris Hawk are down as long as they can watch it or can, you know, afford the game or it's reasonable. Uh, and you know, we'll talk about it on here and we'll give you a shout out, you know, just trying different things, trying to connect to different people. Uh, with that, we'll see you next week. Chris Hawk, take it away. As always from us at cinema seven, we want to thank you for listening with us. We want to thank you for watching with us and we want to thank you for exploring with us. Tell me what you gonna do now